Good morning, everyone. Today, I want to encourage you uh, from God's Word on how to be renewed daily. Because if you don't know how to be renewed daily, life stinks. Life is hard. And so I want you to write down, right at the top of your paper, of your message notes, just in that little white band that you have, because as we, we're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm actually preaching you a message and teaching you a word that I've been asked to go and teach hundreds of pastors in the state of Illinois in about a month. Because the reason why the majority of pastors that start out, they love the Lord, they want to impact the world for Christ, they want to equip God's people, is they do not learn how to daily be renewed. And if you don't know how to be daily renewed, you will become distracted, you will become discouraged, you will be defeated, you will doubt, and you will quit. And uh, this last year, at uh, Matt's graduation, where Andy and I have both graduated from seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, Matt said that Paige Patterson, the president, now every semester, he tells the new entering students that we keep a track of all Southwestern graduates. And I've moved to four different states since I graduated from there in 1975 and they keep a track of me. I don't know how they keep up with me, but I get a letter from them at least once every quarter. And in that letter is an envelope. And as an alumni, I still don't know how my college, Eastern Washington State University, keeps track with me, but I gave to them one time. And they, you know, I still get letters from my dad and mom that have given. And uh, my dad's been gone for six years and he still gets something every month, you know, because they gave to someone. So they send that out, and Paige Patterson says to the young men, men, we keep a track of all of our students that attended here. Not graduated, just attended here. And less than 15% of them are still in the ministry. That means, and I want you to write these three things down. You'll see them. I'm going to summarize life for you right here. I'm going to summarize the Bible for you in these three truths that we'll see in 2 Corinthians 4. Number one, you're going to see first, God is all-powerful. Now just write that down. See, the reason why pastors become discouraged and quit is they get their eyes off of that truth. See, the first truth you ever learn when you read the Bible, if you start to Genesis 1, and it's the story of creation, what do you read about? That God is all-powerful. He merely speaks, and creation is. In Colossians chapter 1, it says that in Christ, because He is the Son, the radiance of God that man could see, in Him all things hold together. Because he is all-powerful. 
Now write down the second truth. You will see that man, and you can just write it down first person, I am fragile and weak. We are fragile and weak physically, emotionally, mentally. Just think what little it takes to upset us. Just think what it takes for us to become sick. Just think what it takes for us to fall to temptation. We are weak spiritually. So this is what I want you to hear loud and clear from the very beginning. You have nothing in yourself to be renewed daily. So if right now you are dependent upon your own resources to be renewed daily, you will fail miserably. You will be discouraged. You will be defeated. You will be discouraged. You have nothing in you, I have nothing in me, that somehow I can work hard enough to be renewed. And here's the bad news. Write down the third truth. You'll see it. Life crushes us hard. I don't think I've ever used that word before. Crushes us hard, but you'll see why. So God is all-powerful. I am fragile and weak. And life crushes me hard. Now let's read and see those three truths and see the only way to be renewed. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. Get your ink pens ready. But we have this treasure. Now that treasure is the Holy Spirit. He's writing to Christians at Corinth at the church at Corinth, Corinthians, and the treasure we have is its salvation when we receive the person of the Holy Spirit. So just write in your Bibles above the treasure, the Holy Spirit. See, that's the all-surpassing power we're going to read about because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, in jars of clay. Most all of us, they don't sell them much anymore. <clears throat> They've gone to a cheaper route, just this little plastic stuff. But when I would go buy my spring flowers for my wife, or actually I should say when Ronnie would buy them and bring them home for her yard man to plant, there were those times when I would have those maybe on my wheelbarrow or a rack, and I would knock one over, and when you would knock over those little clay jars, they would what? If they hit concrete, they would shatter. That's literally what it's saying here. We are simply jars of clay. We are fragile. We are weak. If you just think about how weak you are, just think of this past week or the last month. See, when we come to church, we try to keep it all together. We try to act pleasant and nice. But as your pastor, sometimes I am invited into situations that no one else in the church family, no one wants to know. 
And it is amazing, isn't it, how we can become so upset at one another. We can act so ugly toward one another. We can just lose it. Well, that's because we're fragile and weak. See, today, one of the things I hope that you'll do when you go home is you'll all think when you look at each other how fragile and weak you are apart from the surpassing power of Christ in your life. And you know, when you get a package in the mail and it's something that's easily, let's say you receive something that's all glass, what do they put a sticker on that package to alert everyone that's handling it? It says what? Handle with and then it will say, fragile. The reason why we often hurt each other at home is we think we're tough. We think that we can go through life and maybe we've had a hard, frustrating day, so we come home and we haven't really been able to express our feelings the way we felt frustrated all day, so we do what? We say something brutal to someone at home and we wonder why they fall apart. Because we are all fragile. And life, life is so hard. You know, as I look around this room, isn't it amazing what we can go through in this life? I mean, it's unbelievable. Because none of you were in first service. Was anyone in first service here and you just decided you'd come again? Okay. You could have no idea who I'm speaking of. But in first service, I just started looking around. And there were people in that room that have had family members commit suicide. Families that are walking through all kinds of drug addiction with family members. People that are right now walking through the unknown of cancer and how long they will live, will they survive. People that have recently gone through divorce. People that are in the process of just hardening their hearts and refusing to forgive. I mean, I just, I, I look, and you know, we, we all learn at church when we see each other to say during the greeting time, Hi, how are you? I'm just fine. Pretty good. Smile. This morning I pray that as we read 2 Corinthians 4, whatever you're going through, don't think you're here to play church. Don't hear to think, well, I've come because I know it's not good to forsake assembling together. I, I want you to let the Lord minister to you that you can truly start living out His Word in being renewed daily. You know, in the chapel, the way the keyboard's set up is I'm facing the people. 
you know, with the praise team, if you've ever been in there, the keyboard. So every once in a while, just while we're singing, you know, I just lift my head and sing, but I'm right there with those people, and I get to look out, and I, I see their eyes, I see their countenances. And boy, this morning, I told the people, I said, I'm glad you're here, but there's a lot of heartache here. There's a lot of burdens here. There's a lot of us that, that I affirm you. I know you're supposed to be here. You know you're supposed to be here, and that's good. But you're not enjoying life. And you know one of the things we believe that's a lie? Well, Pastor, if you were going through those things that you just mentioned, you wouldn't be enjoying life either. And that's the exact reason why the majority of pastors quit in ministry. Because they think their joy of the Lord is about their circumstances. It's not. If you think when you have a good day and your circumstances are good, and you know how people will say, how's your day? And if you've had real good circumstances, you say, man, it's great. If that's where you are, you're doomed to ever struggle with life. Because life, remember, is crushingly hard. Not one time in God's Word does He say, get your victory from the world. Not one time does God ever say, get your victory from your circumstances. And so what God wants to teach us today is how do you have renewal every day in Him that even if the tears don't stop, you can say, as we just sang, it is well with my soul. Many of you have heard how that song was written. A man had had his entire business burned to the ground in the great Chicago fire. To get away, he put his wife and daughters on a ship to sail across the ocean. In the voyage, a storm came up, and all of his daughters, I think there were three or four, but right now I think there were three daughters, they were all lost at sea. They drowned. The mother of the wife got to the shore and sent a telegraph to the husband and said, they're all drowned, all lost but me. Come quickly. This man who had lost his business, who had just lost all of his children, as he went across the ocean, he asked the captain of the ship, when we get to the place that my children drowned, would you tell me? And it was there looking at the place that God inspired him with the words that we just sang, it is well with my soul. He had learned how to be daily renewed in the Lord. Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power, there it is, belongs to God and not to us. And circle that, not to us. You cannot think that you have the ability to overcome the hard things of life. See, we are afflicted 
in every way. Now, turn from 2 Corinthians 4, three pages to your right. And I want you to try to really see what Paul is speaking of. Chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians 11, beginning with verse 24. This is how he was afflicted. This is how he was persecuted. This is how he was struck down. This is how he was abandoned. You're going to see those four verbs. See verse 24, 2 Corinthians 11. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. That was called Roman scourging. That's what they did to Jesus before they crucified him. That's why Jesus didn't have the physical strength to carry the cross. That's when they would take a man or a woman, stretch your body out, and they commonly called it a cat of nine tails, and they would take this whip that they would put animal bones, teeth, rocks, anything that was sharp, anything that would shred skin. And they would whip that over a person's back 39 times. Literally, if you read Roman history, skinning the person alive. Paul had that five times. Keep reading. When they weren't scourging him, three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. A night and a day he was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people. The Jews couldn't stand him because now he preached Jesus. Danger from the Gentiles. Often they didn't understand. Danger in the city. Danger in the wilderness. Danger at sea. Danger from false brothers in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Now just remember, that's what he's talking about. Go back to chapter 4. See verse 8, we are afflicted in every way. But then he puts a prefix on that word afflicted that means I was afflicted in every way, but I'm still here. See, it didn't finish me off. I'm still here. Isn't that what you want to say throughout your life? No matter what comes in your life, I'm still here. And not because I'm strong, but because of the all-surpassing power of Almighty God. I'm still here. See, perplexed. Every one of us, if we've lived very long, have had things happen in our lives and to those we love that we say, I just can't figure that out. Why, God? You're a good God. You're an all-powerful God. But you let this happen. Can't you see Paul the third or fourth time? He's just sharing Jesus. He's just leading people to Christ. He's just teaching the Word of God, and they've taken him again, and it's the third time, and he says, Father, here we go again. Perplexed. 
But notice they put a prefix. He puts a prefix on that word and not driven to despair. That is, I don't understand, Lord, but you know what? I'm not hopeless. Because in my weakness, every time your strength is made perfect. And the next word, persecuted. It was 24-7 with Paul. Just read the book of Acts. But you know what? Not forsaken. What was the last thing recorded in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus said to his disciples? And I will never leave you or forsake you. You know why people do kill themselves? And there's been several other families in our church that either family members or close friends have done that just in the last few weeks. It's because in the hardness, in the crushingness of life, when you lose hope of an all-surpassing God, it seems hopeless. That's despair. See, struck down, but not destroyed, Paul would say, even if they kill me, to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. See, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. Just as they punished Jesus, Paul said, I'm being punished so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Also, Christ died that we could be forgiven, that we could have the atonement, that we could have newness in Christ. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. It was called martyrdom. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us. But by the presence of the Holy Spirit, life is in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus, that's the all-surpassing power of God, will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. I ask you, isn't that the most important promise in the word of God when you go to the graveside? That you want to know that your loved one had trusted Christ as Lord and Savior in their life, and you can say, this is not the end. There is eternal life in Jesus Christ, and God has raised them. But let me tell you, that's great. But see, when you got saved and I got saved, His intention is to raise us from our old sinfulness and hopelessness and despair in that, to walk in the resurrection power of Christ, to be daily renewed and raised in Him. Or we just go through life dragging this old chain of all our failures, all our past, everything that's been bad. And we don't have any praise in us. See, I couldn't look out and watch you. What were you guys doing when we were singing these songs this morning? They were great songs of faith. Were you really into it, praising God because He renews you? Or you, were you just thinking, man, 
I'm just good to be here. See, daily being renewed, that's what God has for us, to raise us daily and bring us with you into his presence, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. And look at the conclusion in verse 16. Underline it. So we do not lose heart. And right, right above the word heart, courage. That's what the word is in the Old Testament when God would tell Joshua, take courage. It's literally, take heart. Though our outer self is wasting away. Why? Because it's physically being punished. It's being scourged. It's being beat. It's being whipped. But here's the key. Our inner self, underline it, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Do you see that it doesn't say Sunday by Sunday? Do you see that? See, I am accountable to God that every time you come or when the men come to men's Bible study or any time I'm teaching the Word to present the Word to encourage you and equip you in what it means to walk in His presence and power and live with His perspective and have His peace and be confident of His provision. But if you are depending on me or if you go to another church and depend on any preacher, teacher, and you have not learned how to be renewed daily, this old hard world in the fragileness of all of us will just be defeated. See, it says here, we, our inner self, is being renewed day by day. Now look how, verse 17, for this light momentary affliction. Now remember what Paul had gone through. You say, well, what I'm going through is not light. Would any of you today trade places with the Apostle Paul? I wouldn't. And he's the one that's saying this. They're light, because look what he compares them to. It's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. That's the rewards of a faithful life in heaven. As we look not on the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Now, look up at your message notes. See, look at Roman numeral 4. We'll come back to the left side. But start on the right side. On October 23rd, 1993, we declared. And read it with me. We are committed to be a dynamic community of faith which is endeavoring to impact the world by experiencing, living, modeling, and communicating authentic faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Increasingly, our intention is to become fully a worshiping, caring, and sharing community, exalting the Savior, a learning community, equipping the saints, an influential community, evangelizing the world. And we were all excited about God's newness in our lives. Anytime you start something new, there's a buzz about it. There's an excitement about it. Parents think about when you had your children. I mean the birth of them. And you cried, you were so happy. But then you found out that life is what? Daily. And as I have a young couple, they're about to have their first baby. And they just travel, they take trips all the time, they stay up late. They just do anything they want to. And he's got 30 more days till they have their first baby. There's Sarah and Justin looking at me. And I say to Sam, I say, buddy, do all the things you want to do where you have no responsibility. If you want to stay up late, don't set your alarm clock on Saturday, sleep till 9 o'clock. Just have a wonderful time because it's about to change. And what can happen to young parents if they don't know how to renew themselves daily, they can get frustrated at that little baby that cries all night, that doesn't give a flip how I feel about life. And they can lose the joy of parenting, which I said, it's incredible, the joy of parenting. But you better know how to be renewed daily. See, a lot of people start in the life in Christ and they're forgiven and they're cleansed and they have the joy of their salvation. But life is hard and we're weak spiritually. And if you don't learn how to be renewed daily in the Word, the Christian life even becomes a drag. And defeated... We quit. Did you know anything that's important in life, if you're going to celebrate an anniversary, you better know how to be renewed are the disappointments and the heartaches and the hard things in that life will stop that. You know what's precious in celebrating an anniversary? It's not that my wife and I have been perfect. When we got married, I was 21 and she was 20. Have you ever met a mature 21 and 20-year-old? 20 if you thought they were mature, you didn't see them in private. They were selfish, and selfishness blinds you. And we thought we got married to serve each other. You don't get married to serve. I mean, we, you don't get married to have the other person serve you. You get married to serve that person. You know how you serve them? That when they're a sinner, which they are, weak and spiritually, you what? You're patient and you're kind and you're merciful. I think that's what it says love is, right? And Ronnie and I had a whole lot of growing up to do for years because everyone just thought we were fully mature because we were ministering. But we were weak and we were fragile. 
And we made a lot of mistakes. But you know what's sweet when we celebrate our 40th anniversary this year? Is God, by His grace and surpassing power, started growing us up. And we learned how to be kind when the other person had just hurt us. We learned to be forgiving when the other person had failed us. We learned to persevere and be patient in the all-surpassing power of God because we finally figured it out. Marriage demands that I humble myself and say, God, there is nothing in me that's good enough. See, when we first met, she was impressed. I was preaching at a youth retreat, and she said, there's a young, I was 18 years old, a college freshman that had come to preach at this little youth retreat where she was. She was a junior in high school, and she thought, man, does he know the Word of God. I like him. When I saw her, she had a miniskirt on, and I said, man, she's pretty. What is that? That's flesh. What does flesh do in weddings? Oh, it looks good at weddings, but what does it do in real life? It fails. And the sweetness of anniversary is saying, you know what? God came into our lives when we were ready to quit in our immaturity, and He grew us up to really exercise love toward one another. You know what we're celebrating next week? We're celebrating that in all of our difficult times, in all of the times that all of the leadership felt, I've never asked you, Joe, how many times you felt like quitting. But I tell you, in the early years, there were times that everything in me screamed, Quit! And I, I would even go on long walks. I'd tell Ronnie, i got to go on a walk, honey. I'm ready to quit. And once I even went to Crestview Middle School, some of you know that, and I went up and I went to the top of the bleachers there. And I just sat there. And as I was sitting there, there were runners and joggers that would come along. And God said, you know what? If you quit, you will never see what I have planned here. This was, by the way, when we, nothing that you see here would have ever happened. All of you that have come to Christ in the last 15 years, at least it wouldn't have been by me. And God just said, you know how I told you to run the race? I told you to run the race, Hebrews 12, just like you see these guys running. How do we run the race? With, with perseverance. You know what perseverance is? It's abiding under pressure. And even as I was setting up in those bleachers, the Lord said, you know what? You need to learn another lesson about being renewed daily in me. Things haven't gone like you thought, and so you're ready to quit because you know what? You think you're renewed by my blessings. You're not renewed by my blessings. You're renewed by me. And that is a huge lesson we must all learn. If you're depending on your blessings to feel good, then you'll live as a victim. You're not renewed by your blessings of God. That's just His blessings. 
praise Him and thank Him for it. We're renewed only by Him. And until we learn that, we live as a victim to just our circumstances and our feelings. See, look at the challenge of life there. See that column? And just right in there, it is daily. See the challenge of life, and you can read that list a lot faster than I can read it to you. Just let your eyes fly down through that. And you go through that, and you don't know how to be renewed in the Lord? Well then, you live distracted, discouraged, doubting, defeating, and depressed, and you quit. You quit on the things that God's called you to. But if we ever learn how to be renewed, see, look at the promises on the right-hand columns that God says, in Him is abundance, in Him is blessedness. Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's our deliverer. Do you know what enthusiastic means? Go home and look it up in your Webster Dictionary. It literally means God in you. But you've got to know how to be renewed to be enthusiastic. And all of those good things, see, that's where we want to be. Well, write it in down there in the bullet. Being renewed day by day, we must. And it's not we should, we can, we must. Look not, this is verse 18, to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Now, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, that's why I have the left-hand side for you. Remember where we've been the last few weeks? See, a few weeks ago, several men had said, Pastor, we were working on breakthroughs. And they said, you need to teach us a message that we all struggle with. We come to Bible study, and it was men that came to Wednesday night Bible study, and the men are here, and the women are in there, in there. Uh, the teenagers, our students, are down at the Zoe house, and our children are in Awana. And we're all getting inspired, and we're all getting encouraged, and we're all getting renewed. But often we go home, and it's not an hour till we're fussing and fighting. We're being ugly to each other. We're being impatient with each other. We're still carrying our grudges around toward each other. So could you teach us a message that would help us break through that our family life could get closer to what we hear here in church from the Word of God? So we went to this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we saw that there's three places we all live somewhere. Three possibilities for life. And you look there, the first place, if you've never trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior, the Bible just calls you the natural man, the natural woman. You're just doing the best you know how. And so when bad things happen to you, you're just doing your very best, trying harder to renew yourself. And, and that's hopeless because you can't renew yourself. And then we saw the second person is the spiritual person. Now, the spiritual person is the person that not only trusts Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, but finally figures out this all-surpassing power. I don't just need to have him come in and forgive me. I need him to take over. And that's the whole purpose of biblical salvation. 
And so each day I humble myself before God because he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I say, Lord, I submit my life to your authority. It's perfect. It protects me. It provides for me. And I yield myself to your presence. Holy Spirit, it is your will to control my life, the Spirit-filled life. That's the spiritual person. Submitted to the authority of God's Word. See, under His authority, I'm an overcomer. If I'm not under His authority, I'm going to fail. Surrender to the presence of the Holy Spirit so He gives me the power to live out the Word of God. And each day I just settle that issue, and out of the overflow of that, God lives His life in me and through me. Now, the third category is that category where you see number three there, you receive Christ sometime in your life. You're convicted. You realize you're a sinner. Christ is the Savior. He's the Lord. He died. By grace, you're saved through faith. It's a gift. You receive Him in your life. But for whatever happens in your life, life is hard. Life is difficult. All kinds of things come in your life. You're not disciplined. You're not discipled in the Word. And what happens is you fall away. And even though you say you've received Jesus, you live just like the natural man. You live lost. You think lost, you act lost. You react lost. And you live by the flesh. That is a miserable existence. Your misery to yourself because you've tasted the goodness of the Lord and you're miserable to everyone else. To the world that's seeking, is there anything different? And they see you, you're a stumbling block to them. I mean, it's a miserable existence. At least when you're lost, you don't know any better, right? But when you get saved, your eyes have been opened and you know there's a better way than this. Well, since that message a lot of the men have said, Pastor, man, when you look at that in Scripture and just look at it, how many people do you really believe? How many have you really known in your lifetime that every day, in season, out of season, ups, downs, live the spiritual life? What do you think, folks, would be the answer to that? What have you known in your life? The answer would be what? Not many. But you know what the good news is? Just because our past has been whatever our past is, God says what? Behold, I make all things new. And you know what, students? You don't have to go through your life saying, I love Jesus when you're at Zoe, and I love Jesus at hot summer nights, and I love Jesus at this event or that event or youth camp and get all excited and saying, but what happened? I had to go back in the real world. The Lord Jesus wants you to learn as you're a student how to be renewed day by day. You know, my three sons, they tell me all the time, Dad, you have no idea what our teenagers are going through. You have no idea. Even though for years I preached in schools, taught in colleges, I was on the circuit. But that's been 20 years ago. They said, you have no idea. I'm sure I don't have any idea. But you know what? No matter what it is in life that we say we have no idea, 
God is all-surpassing power. And you never find a situation in your life that God doesn't want to renew you day by day so that you have the joy of the Lord as the strength of your life. That you don't have to come home and because you're feeling bad and school has been rotten and whatever has happened and your friends have betrayed you or what's happened, you don't have to come home and take your frustrations out on your parents and be irritable and you know you go to your room and mom and dad bring their frustrations home and they're irritable. So everybody just... And here's the dog and the cat saying, is there any love here? Right? See, this is life. Being renewed day by day. Well, you see this list? If you were not here last Sunday, I am writing a book, and one of the chapters is entitled, What Were You Saved For? And a couple of months ago, one day I just had the impulse. You know, there's 5,236 promises, according to BibleInfo.com, in the Bible. And so I was just sitting in my chair where I have my quiet time, and I just thought, I'll just jot down some of these promises. And I, I was just turning my pages in my Bible, Matthew 1, Matthew 2, and I mean, it, not exhaustive. If it was exhaustive, it would be over 5,000 here. But when I got through just going from Matthew to Revelation, of my favorite promises, there were over 700. And so I thought, well, we'll just take the next several weeks, and there's about 100 here. And I'll just encourage you, because it was such an encouragement to me, even though I knew them, to just be listing them down to see, this is what God saved me for. So we're all going to stand together in the honor of the reading of God's Word. And I want you to know, if you call yourself a Christian, this is what God saved you for. And that's why each day when you're renewed, He wants you to live according to His Word. Let's stand together. See, we were saved to have a new presence, a new perspective, that's eternal, a new purpose, according to His Word, a new power, that's the Holy Spirit, a new peace that passes all understanding, a new preeminence, that He's first in our life, and a new provision. And that's everything according to His Word. So, ladies, we'll let you begin. Last week, the men read the first page. Ladies, you'll read the first page. Men, will read the second page. Everyone 21 and down reads the third page, and we'll all read the fourth page. Here we go, ladies. I'll start you. You were saved to be more than a conqueror. Isn't that a privileged lie? Here we go, men. You were saved to submit to governing authorities. You were saved to pay the taxes you owe. You were saved to pay your debts. You were saved, okay, students, you were saved to be kept strong to the end. Everyone, you were saved to live with victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You were saved to stand firm always, giving yourself fully. One man told me after first service this morning, he said, you know what I do now in my quiet time? 
I study whatever I'm going to study. And then right before I get on my knees, and he said, I'll add today's to last week's, I read those hundred things. And I say, Father, today I want to live out the reason I was saved. And he said, it so encourages me. I want to live that out today. I thought, that's good. That's good enough to repeat. I encourage you to use that. Just take your sheet last week. If you were not here last week, I asked Stacy, I didn't check to see, but I asked Stacy, our secretary, to put 50 of the sheets out from last week that you'll see where Matthew goes. Now next week, see, we'll pick it up right in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. And we'll do another 100. Now, speaking of next week, remember, it's anniversary Sunday, so it's a different schedule. I tell you what, be seated for two minutes because we need some paperwork to do. See this insert? I believe that's a purple color that says Anniversary Sunday. Now, if you completed one of these last week and turned it in, don't do another one today. But if you didn't, please take that, turn it over. Our services will be from 9 to 9.50. Then Bible study, first hour, 9 to 9.50, and then we'll take a break, and we'll all meet in the gymnasium. Now, if you come to first hour Bible study next week or come to worship service, take your food, ladies or men, take it into the gymnasium and put it on the tables there that you'll see the tablecloths will be to put your food. Don't take it to Bible study or worship. Go ahead and put it on the tables. We will break in first service over there in the chapel. We'll go down to the gym, all the Bible studies. Adults, you go get your children, and we will go to the gymnasium. And tables will be set up, and we'll have an hour fellowship. And uh, you bring your food. Then second service will be 11 to 12. So please complete that and uh, put it in the offering box. Uh, just fold it up two or three times and put that in the offering box. And then secondly, if you want to get ballet tickets, I've misplaced my ballet insert, but you see that ballet magnificent? That's this coming Friday night, so this is the last day, of course, to get your tickets. You can buy them here if they've not sold out, or you can get those online. The way that'll work next Friday evening, it's free seating whenever you come in. We will open the outside doors. The doors of the church will be locked until 6.15. So if you want to sit on the front row, girls or ladies, you just be here whenever you think you need to be and you line up outside, we'll open the doors at 6.15, then just like Branson, these doors will still be shut. You won't just come in, but you'll get to line up. And one girl, teenagers, she actually wants to be in this group when she graduates, so she's going to come at 5 o'clock because she wants to sit in the front row. So you come, we'll open the doors whenever they tell us, probably be a quarter till, and you can come sit anywhere. So you need, and Misty, you'll be out in the foyer selling tickets, and we still have tickets? Okay, so that's that. And then basketball. I don't know how we're doing on that, but in three weeks we're having a players and a coaches clinic. Now that upward insert, Lou Lampley has encouraged me to tell you, please, if you know you're going to serve an upward, go ahead and sign up. 
and just fold that again, put that in the offering box. And as you're putting all of these things in the offering box, thank you last week. Uh, we'd been down in our offerings, and uh, we did better last week, and I thank you for that. Also, if you want to be a part of our Bible study that starts on October 28th, there will be three classes. It really helps us prepare for that if you'll sign up at the Welcome Center. I'm going to do a life development. Uh, Brad Gilbert's going to teach a powerful study on freedom in Christ. Greg Schuster's going to teach a powerful study from 1 Timothy. Uh, so we encourage you to be a part of that. Let's stand together. Read all the other announcements. They're important. But those you need to help us by signing up. Let's pray together. However you came in today, I pray with all my heart that you'll be resolved in your heart whatever you're going through that you'll see daily you must humble yourself so you can be renewed by the presence and power of God. And when life hits you with a sledgehammer, don't try to carry that burden alone. The Apostle Paul said, His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for your all-surpassing power that can renew us daily so we can walk with your joy and your peace that passes all understanding. And even when our circumstances are terrible, to your honor and glory, we can say, it is well with my soul, even when it's not well with my circumstances. Father, I thank you for your encouragement in each person's life today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.